Five Nights. In case you just tuned into Five Nights, um, uh, we said tonight uh, for Trending Chats, uh, we are unpacking the unrest that is currently happening in South Africa. Um, uh, and uh, we'll be speaking to some experts to dive deep into the images of looting and unrest that we've witnessed over the weekend. And joining me now for the chat around public order policing, I am joined by Zianda Stirman, the author of Can We Be Safe? The Future of Policing in South Africa. Zianda, welcome to Five Nights. Thank you for, for allowing us to have this conversation. How do you do this evening? I'm well, thanks, Mesh. Uh, I hope your listeners are too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm scared that they might come to my house um, in terms of what's currently happening in the country. I, I, I might sound like a little bit paranoid, but it's just one of those situations. But let's get into what is currently happening in our country. We've seen this kind of events unfold before. Now, mm-hmm. why does it seem that the police struggle so much when these events take place? So I think that there, there are a multitude of, of issues at play, right? I think that, um, you know, in this case, there's a truly unprecedented level, um, uh, you know, of violence and of looting um, that I, I don't think we've seen uh, for years. You know, where it, where's mm. this violence sort of uh, might break out in uh, one or two neighborhoods or um, you know, in certain parts of, of certain provinces. I think this being widespread over at least two provinces um, and, you know, very likely to also be, um, or a lot of small towns are also likely to be affected, but we wouldn't necessarily see them on, on mainstream media. So I think that, that you have a situation where um, the police are truly stretched to their limits uh, in terms of resources on the ground and um, and being able to to respond um, in every situation, but also the response itself has been compromised um, by the fact that you know our, our crime intelligence infrastructure uh, was gutted um, uh, by uh, President Jacob Zuma in the Zuma years, um, and particularly with the appointment of, of figures like Richard and Julie, um, uh, who was very controversially appointed as head of crime intelligence, and so you see all of that apparatus and that that infrastructure that should have been and staffing that should have been available that should have known that this was coming that you know could have infiltrated uh, whatever groups are, are orchestrating this type of looting none of that is is uh, is there at the moment so you now have the police completely on the back foot um, and trying to react instead of of proactively securing things now when when you say that to someone listening it's like ah the police are not capable the resources are not there so the system has come down crashing how do we feel safe so i i mean i i definitely don't want to be alarmist and i definitely um you know i want want to sort of rephrase it as as not a case of uh systems have collapsed but they've been compromised and severely so okay and essentially what that means is that you know the, the police infrastructure that is there the staffing that is there simply weren't able to get a handle on the situation early enough um, to really understand, you know, what was happening um, uh, and in that sense, you know, swoop in um, uh, and, and sort of, I, I think, or I guess, uh, you know, cut off the, the ringleaders at the knees. Um, there's a lot of coordination, I think, with a lot of these protests, especially where we're seeing um, uh, shopping malls, for example, being set on fire. And so when the police response... Um, uh, is compromised in this way. It, it is very unfortunate that at this point, in order to restore some semblance, um, they certainly need uh, uh, backup um, and some level, I think, of, of coordination with the military. 
Zianda, your line uh, just keeps on. Um, we keep on losing you. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of you having to move around where you are, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tr try and get you to answer this question. Sure. When it comes to strategy on dealing with public order policing, you've mentioned um, uh, that uh, when it comes to the system itself and 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 the structures that be they are compromised what what do you think we can improve on regarding a, a long-term strategy starting now around public order policing and SA? so i think that um <clears throat> you know we have to return to a situation where um you know there, that there is a lot more proactive um uh, sort of policing and capacitating uh, police in terms of crowd control um, and and rapid response, um, you know, when we sort of see situations happening. So what we don't want to see is a situation where, you know, some violence and some looting um, may, may happen in one or two communities. And because it's left unaddressed um, or people don't see police responding to those in incidents, that that then sparks a sort of cascade or a series of, of um, protests. So in that sense, you know, we... we need to truly rebuild um, uh, a lot of the, the infrastructure, you know, within the, the police, but also have the right people in the right places um, in terms of, of appointment of, you know, crime intelligence head um, uh, and other really sort of necessary positions that require leadership at this point in time. Mm. Do we have wins when we look at um, public order policing in South Africa? Are there things that we are getting right? I, I think that's really difficult um, to answer in the sense that uh, I, I've you know, said this um, before, but there's an incredibly inconsistent um, response by the police to, to public order policing, right? So an example would be, um, you know, during, the, uh, during sort of level five lockdown when there were protests, um, you know, on the beach in Musenberg, for example, or uh, uh, even situations when... Um, uh, farmers were protesting in the small town of, of Senegal. Um, you know, in each of those uh, situations, the police reacted, uh, in my, to my mind, proportionally to uh, the risk of the situation. We don't necessarily see that all the time, um, and we don't have uh, very good examples of, of uh, you know, where police were, um, or uh, where police responded proportionately. To sort of service delivery protests and other and other incidents, so I I would want to say that there's enough staffing, um, and that and that there's a level of training that's out there, but it's also deeply deeply inconsistent um, in the way that that police react in in, in situations. Mm. I'm also seeing on social media, um, based on our recent unrest in South Africa, where um, some community members are taking it upon themselves to help the police. And uh, some security companies are playing a part in assisting the police. Where do we draw the line where civilians can get involved and also the private sector, which is the security companies, getting involved mm. in, in assistance of public order policing? Because you just mentioned like um, those two incidents in, in Senegal and, and Musenberg versus um, service delivery strikes and what you would see in a predominantly black um, unrest area, mm. you know what I mean. Mm. What roles can 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 normal civilians play, pro progressively, positively, as well as uh, private companies, which is specifically security companies. 
So, you know, there is and there are ways to, you know, protect one's property um, against, I, I guess, the, exactly what you were mentioning earlier, the sort of threat of, uh, you know, I, I think people might be sort of coming down my street and I don't, I don't know what to do. All of that, though, uh, is to say that, that I think what we've seen with, with a lot of sort of uh, vigilantes who are out there who are openly brandishing uh, weapons out on the street um, and who are almost taking the proactive stance uh, one step too far and setting up illegal roadblocks and, uh, you know, stopping and searching people. None of those things are, are legal and none of those things are, are within um, the parameters of what, of what citizens should be doing. So, so there is a very fine line between, you know, protecting your, uh, your property. Um, and that's also why people have, uh, you know, high-end contract uh, private security. Um, but that doesn't mean that 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 then gives them license to set up roadblocks and to stop and search people. They don't have the mandate to do that. That is, uh, you know, illegal. So there there definitely are lines that that should be quite clearly drawn. Um, and at this point, I think because of that exact panic, um, that's definitely worsened by social media. Um, I think a lot of people are forgetting those lines. And definitely, I mean, we even saw it with the lockdown. We like how. A security guy asking mm-hmm. me to go and sleep because it's late. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm just uh, speaking to a matter of curfew, having to drive mm-hmm. back from work and, uh, you know, like some security company decides to just pull you over. But mm-hmm. it, so seemingly we, we, we can't find a way that will work for South Africa and dealing with the, um, the unrest in, in terms of public order policing by including um, security companies as well as civilians. That, in terms of the law, you can't do it. Now, some people say you are able to act this way because they don't think police care or can care about enforcing the law. Law enforcement in South Africa is a non-existent thing. What do you have to say to this, and what impact does that attitude have on what we are currently seeing? Yeah, look, the the roots of those sentiments, uh, you know, come from the fact that uh, the vast majority of South Africans, first of all, don't trust the police, and secondly, see them as as a as a corrupt institution, sort of across the whole. What that then means is that when there isn't any trust, and when we believe that they're uh, corrupt, you know, we we have no confidence in them. I think. A lot of South Africans, um, you know, sort of look at the police and say, well, I don't trust them to keep me um, uh, safer or as safe as I would myself. And that's why you have so many, uh, you know, private security companies out there. And that's why they make tons of money, um, you know, in the sense that people es- essentially look to other avenues to keep themselves safe. Um, that's also the driving force behind vigilante violence, um, you know, where people say we don't trust the police or the courts. Um, to hold uh, uh, criminals liable for their actions. So, so in that sense, we have a, a much deeper, far more sort of structural issue around, um, you know, a lack of, of trust uh, and, and confidence in the police. And a lot of that also has to do with, you know, exactly what I was saying earlier in terms of, of uh, both a lack of resources, a lack of clear leadership, um, and, a, and just the, the feeling that, in the same way that, uh, you know, a lot of our government was uh, captured and corrupted during the, the Zuma years and, and those of state capture, we believe the police are the same. Mm. Hi. Last but not least, Yanda, mm-hmm. what's your take on the military being brought in? 
I mean, we've seen the military being brought in at alert level five of the national lockdown. We are seeing this unrest and we are hearing talks of the military being deployed. It scares me. I'm scared. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you know. Mm. And I, I'm just imagining other people who are not aware this is happening and jiggy jiggy. They see soldiers on the road. Yeah. Look, it's, what, what it comes down to is um, it, it really sort of shows just how reliant we've become uh, uh, on the military. First of all, how, how reliant we've become on the military to step in and solve a lot of what are social and political problems. Um, but also the the fact that uh, there just really hasn't been any sort of rebuilding or even capacitating of the police to literally do their jobs. This is, you know, the, the work of, of keeping order in the country is not uh, that of the military. The military is there to defend our borders, not to be deployed domestically. Um, so it is an incredibly worrying sign that we're seeing more and more, and you know, we're seeing the military being deployed more and more and more often. Um, and this is precisely where... Um, uh, you know, sort of civil society groups that have been calling for a long time um, for the for the reform of the police, really, um, and for police accountability to come to the fore. Um, this is why they've been calling for exactly that, that if we have a situation where, where the police are either undercapacitated or under-resourced or a combination of both, then, you know, we'll end up in a situation like this where we'll see the military on our streets more often. And that's an incredibly dangerous and slippery slope. Mm. Zianda, thank you so much uh, for your time it, To me, this conversation just brought to the fore Like, hey, we are deep in it eh? We yeah. are deep, 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 deep And I don't even know where we're going to begin to come out You can get Zianda's book, Can We Be Safe? The Future of Policing in South Africa Available online uh, Zianda Stirman, thank you so much for your time Thank you so much for your insight and hopefully this will also paint a better picture for those who are ignorant, who are not privy to what's happening and say, oh, how come the police is not doing anything? That's just the situation in our country right now. Thanks for having me. Let's have that conversation. It's Trinity Chats on Five Nights.